Welcome to your weekly astrological weather. This is your place to get practical guidance for not only surviving, but thriving with the cosmic tides. This podcast episode is brought to you by The Inner Circle, your place to learn astrology and community with the masters and transform your life in the process. Welcome to your weekly astrological weather. I am so, so very happy that you're here. For those of you who are new to our channel, welcome. Go ahead and hit that subscribe button and notification bell because you have just joined a worldwide astrological conversation that's happening here every week. So if you subscribe, then you'll make sure to get alerted whenever we have a new video here on the channel. For those of you who have been joining us for years, months, weeks, welcome back. This is a huge week, astrologically. Wendy and I were talking before we went live, and uh, Wendy was saying that it's basically the biggest week of the century, which you're going to find out why. But one thing I wanted to mention before we go into the weekly weather, this week we have our free game-changing transits event. This is where you're going to learn how to anticipate, interpret, and prepare for life's most fateful transits. So the ones that come in and just change things forever. We're going to be covering both global collective transits, like one that we're going to be having this week, and we're going to be covering personal transits. So the ones that we all go through throughout our lifetime, things like the Saturn return or the Uranus opposition also known as the midlife crisis. So we're going to be talking about all these things with 12 different astrologers. These are our upcoming inner circle astrologers. They are amazing. This event is one that you definitely want to catch. Again, it's free. It's happening this week. Go to astrologyhub.com slash game changing and join us today. Reserve your spot. If you can't be there live, don't worry about it. You will get a recording of the event only if you register. All right. So a little bit about Wendy Stacy. She is a professional astrologer and the principal of the International Mayo School of Astrology and the chair of the Astrological Association. She's written numerous articles for the Astrological Journal and is the author of Consulting with Astrology and Uranus Square Pluto. In 2014, Wendy received the UK Charles Harvey Award for Exceptional Service to Astrology she is also a tutor on the MA Cultural Astronomy and Astrology course at the University of Wales. She's amazing. We're thrilled to have her here at Astrology Hub. She's also an upcoming inner circle astrologer. So Wendy, welcome back. So happy that you're here. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful to be back. All right, Wendy. So you said to me that this is the week of the century. Tell us why you're saying that. <laughs> well, uh, we have, of course, the big event, which is Pluto going into Aquarius. The most interesting thing about this particular ingress of Pluto going into Aquarius is that it follows Jupiter-Saturn conjunction from December 2020 at the same degree, zero degrees Aquarius. So this is very poignant in terms of human evolution, social change on every single level that you can possibly imagine. With that, come it also sort of follows from the spring equinox, which is the Aries ingress that we look at for the year. It has a lot of other things going on. Saturn, of course, has gone in Pisces recently. 
So all these things contribute to that, but it's a, it's a really, really big historical week. Very historical. Okay. Can we unpack it a little bit? I know yeah, we're sure. talking about it a lot at the Game Changing Transits event. Yeah, we are. Yeah. However, yeah. we won't get to spend as much time with you personally on it. You know, well, there'll be a lot of different astrologers on the panel. So tell us what you mean. So it's a historical moment. It's huge for human evolution. It's also touching the uh, very critical point that we experienced in 2020. So how does this all come together in your perspective? If I can sort of wrap it, we into the, the Star Trek era. That is what we're about to do. Well, so Aquarius is, you know, whether you look at it from an archetypal, Uranus is a sky father. So everything sky from, from flying to technologies to space. And, you know, a lot of people get very scared about this, but it's actually incredibly exciting, particularly very much about a place in the universe, and I know that sounds very hairy, fairy, but the, it, it really is about taking us to a level, rather than being more Earth-focused, we're more sky-focused. Everything's going to be about the sky, the weather, birds, space, flying, aerodynamic stuff, all that sort of thing, but that's just one part of it. There's also, Aquarius is very intellectual, it's about the brain, so it's very much about developing the brain, understanding the brain. It becomes very intellectual and life revolves around the brain rather than sort of more material things. So, and now Pluto is coming out of an earth sign. So it's more about what we know, how we're going to keep up. It's about artificial intelligence. And the thing is, it's, it's Aquarius is very fast. We're not used to that pace. We've, we've sort of been living in a world based on quite different foundations and it's sort of slower. Now we're about to pick up and it's going to go quite quickly. So, uh, yeah, quite radical. I mean, in terms of education, what kids learn at school, what we do for jobs, how we work, how we sleep, how we eat, all these things are going to change drastically what? and quickly. And I think it sounds dramatic. It sounds very dramatic, but actually it, it is that dramatic. I mean, the way, you know, I, without getting into, you know, we, we have three meals a day based on the working hours from, from, you know, basically a hundred years ago, or even further than that, on the Industrial Revolution, we eat three meals a day. Based on those working hours, that all changes now. We live in a world that's, and it's going to rapidly become different. People are going to be able to work anywhere in the world. And I think I touched on this last time, but Aquarius is an air sign, um, and it's going to be, it's going to move at a much faster, rapid pace. And yeah, it's very exciting. I mean, and it sounds scary, but it's not. You know. Well, well, Wendy, I think I think the part that feels somewhat scary, and and just, and I'm also like reporting from our community things I hear, and and even things that I've experienced myself. First of all, it feels like we're going fast already. So it's kind of like, wait, what? <laughs> we're going to go faster? It's going to be busier? It's going to be faster? How is that even possible? That's one thing. The second thing is there. I think there's fear that. With all this intellectual sort of tech and progress and that the heart will be left, you know, that, that, that there, it will no longer be uh, about heart connection, especially with things like AI, where you're like, whoa, how does that all fit in? So, you know, how are you viewing those things? Well, you know, Aquarius is often about the moral compass. 
Mm. But of course, the shadow of that is also about the moral compass. So, um, you know, so you often get the, you know, so whenever a, a planet goes into a sign, like when Pluto goes into Aquarius, you know, this week, so the shadow is Leo. And Leo rules the heart. It also rules children. And it also rules royalty. So you can already see the, you know, the royalty sort of, um, you know, it, it's not going to be what it was, uh, if at all. Um, so things like this. So the shadow of Aquarius is um, what is of concern. So when Pluto went into Capricorn in 2008, one of the major concerns around the world that was discussed at the World Economic Forum in January 2008 was shortages of food. That is the opposite to Capricorn. The shadow is cancer and cancer is food. So this is the shadow you get. And you can already see royalty is more in the press now than it ever has been, you know, from America to all around the world. But it won't be just the British royal family. It'll be every royal family that is not congruent with, you know, Aquarius is about equality, democracy. So, so the unfortunate side of that is the heart. The heart has to work. Yeah, we have to work much harder to get that heart into it. And for children, you know, children, Leo rules children as well. Yeah, what do you see for the children? I mean, so, okay, let me, let me make sure I'm understanding this. So we're, Pluto is moving into Aquarius. When you're wanting to consider the shadow of a transit, and maybe we could do this for any transit, you take, you take the opposite, you take the opposite sign on that, uh, yeah. uh, on that spectrum, right? So the yeah. opposite of Aquarius is Leo. And so when you want to look at the shadow, you consider, like, how do you interpret that? The, the Leo, so, shadow? like Leo in its shadow? Yeah, just- so, so for example, like uh, Aquarius is about equality for all, whereas Leo is about royalty and leadership. And there is no room for, you know, tall poppies in a society where everyone is equal. So therefore, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a dumbing down or crumbling of those institutions where um, where Leo speaks, where Leo is dominant. So things like royalty, you know, which is not democratic whatsoever. It's not about equality. So that will that will fall. It will fall. And and some all things Leo and you know, children are ruled by Leo in a in a modern sense in terms of play. So we need to ensure that there is heart, which is ruled by Leo, and that there is play. So you know, that we, we need to make sure that's installed, but that will be sort of frowned upon in, in the Aquarian world, in the Aquarian psyche of society that we're going to soon adopt and you can't rewind time. So um, it's going to be a very interesting time. And when we think of children today, we're going to think of them quite differently in 50 years' time. We're already starting to do that. I mean, without getting too, I mean, we have artificial uteruses now. You know, people don't give birth anymore. So, you know, you can sort of see a, a, a trend already going that way, um, which is, you know, without sounding like the Matrix, but it's sort of a little bit, it has a little bit of that flavor, I'm afraid. So we're going to, you know, have to work harder uh, if we want to re- to remain, to maintain um, values. But I don't, that, it won't happen. I mean, it's not happening now anyway. We think. See, the nuclear family, that was designed again for work. The nuclear family and marriage were actually, you know, constructs, social constructs to, to help a working environment under the earth element. 
these no longer serve. We don't need to be married for a start. We don't need to have a man and a woman for a start. Things like that. We can have genetically three parents now. So we can already see that the goalposts changing on, on the larger social scheme of things. Wow. I not to be too dramatic, but, but it is, it is a radical shift. It, it is, is a, a very radical, radical shift. You know, and I think we can all, there's obviously so many precursors to this. There's so many signs pointing in the direction. I, I even have had to find within myself, there's, there's, there's the knee jerk. No, I don't like that. You know, there's the knee jerk, like that, that feels icky or creepy or, or, you know, there's something about it that feels sort of cold and like, uh, isolating. And it, well, and Aquarius is like that. And and I always say to students, or I say, you know, in 95, I remember in 1995, having a discussion at work with people who worked in IT, in the IT department. And I said, in 10 years time, children are going to have mobile phones. I worked in a company of 500 people with no one had mobile phones in 1995. Um, and I said, in 10 years time, every school kid will have a mobile phone. And not only did people not believe that, but they said, I don't want to live in a world like that. But now we do. And actually, it's just not so bad because our own moral compasses shift too. Mm. You know, we, we actually change. We adapt. We're incredibly mutable, you know, I guess humans. But we, yeah, yeah, it won't be as, yeah. Well, I'm thinking at the beginning of any huge change, the initial thought is, no, I don't want to live in a world like that. And then yet as things change over time, I mean, I bet at the beginning of the, the internet, even cars, I mean, like all the different things that have come that we just take for granted is like, of course. Yeah. And if you think about what we're doing right now, I mean, this is actually yeah. utilizing technology. You're in the UK, I'm in Hawaii and yeah. we're connecting with people all over the globe with our hearts. I mean, I will say that I feel like we bring our heart into what we're doing here every week. But but if I'd heard about this 20 years ago, it might sound creepy, especially yeah. if someone's going to be in this little box and like people are going to tune into it, to this thing and you're yeah. a whole team of people you work with who you've never met in person. Like, whoa, yeah. could have been just even hard to fathom. It's a bit like, you know, when Back to the Future came out and, you know, they had those screens at the dinner table and they were talking to people, which was like Zoom. And yes. you know, it was like, oh my gosh. People would say it's never going to happen in my lifetime. Well, you know, of course yeah. it has. It has. And, and it's only going to get, uh, you know, even more so, even more so. And, you know, I mean, I think there's a concern of keeping up. But I think, you know, we will all bring value to whatever we know, whatever data, you know, we'll be overloaded with information. So we need to apply filters. We need to have good filters um, because it's, yeah, going to ramp up. Well, and keep our values, right? I mean, yeah. as, the, and as, as the technology changes, there's a million new technologies that you could explore every single day. Things that, that maybe you feel aligned with and things you don't. I've already had that experience of like, wow, no matter what the tech changes are, no matter what the quote unquote progress is, as long as I'm stay true to my values, yeah, then it doesn't really matter what tool we're using to facilitate whatever we're doing. It's exactly, you know. which is a good thing because, you know, one of the, the 
one of the co-rulers, dispositors of, of Pluto and Aquarius is Uranus and Taurus, hmm. which is going to maintain that. And so the great thing about its ingress into Aquarius is that it's going to be grounded. There's going to be some value-laden, evidence-based sort of concern for, you know, how we go forward. Saturn and Pisces, not so much, but but the Uranus and Taurus is, is, you know, going to make sure that the foundations of this are going to be set well, I think. That's what uh, is quite beneficial about this particular ingress, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I know we've spent a lot of time on this, but it's yeah. that big of a deal. I, I'd love for us to go through the days this week so people can understand yeah. that timely timeline. Before we do that, we're going to take a very quick break. And when we come back, we'll go through the days. Hey, everyone. I'm Kayla Castell, and I'm super excited to be one of 12 extraordinary astrologers sharing about life-changing personal transits and planetary transits that inspire historical events on Astrology Hub's Game Changing Transits event. Go to astrologyhub.com forward slash game changing to learn more and register. See you there. Okay, Wendy, let's break it down day by day. What can we expect today? And then walk us through the rest of the week. Okay, well, it's great we start off on the 20th of March because it's a spring equinox, so it's great. And, you know, a lot of people look at the 20th of March, that spring equinox, where the sun is at zero degrees of Aries. So it's basically the astrological New Year's Day, along with a lot of Eastern religions as well. So it's the start of the new year, and it creates a theme for the new year. Also for the next quarter until the summer solstice, when the sun goes zero degrees cancer. But this here is a very, very important day because it does lay out all the themes for the next year. And this particular day where the sun is at zero degrees of Aries um, is a very interesting one because it's just separated from a conjunction to Neptune. So it's sort of coming out of the fog and then it's meeting Mercury in Aries as well. So this is a very fresh a really nice and fresh new start. It's a nice new year. It's, uh, you know, sort of bursting with, you know, it's like a blossoming, if you like. It's not alone in Aries with Mercury. Of course, Chiron and Jupiter are there as well. So it's a very strong, fiery start to the year. Very sporty. It's a very innovative, very innovative. And anything that's sort of new and fresh and uh you know, it's a, it's a, it's a great time. It's a great time, and people feel renewed. I guess people want to get up in the morning. You know, we've had the sort of the sun through Pisces. It's a little bit, you know, and it's been a little bit more slower, but sludgier. Although earlier in that day, of course, the moon is conjunct to Saturn, so it starts off tough. And of course, that is the first conjunction of the moon with Saturn since Saturn went into Pisces um, earlier in the month. So the moon there is the first one. So it's a bit, it can be a bit melancholy, if you like. But now from the 20th, we have sort of a new sense. People, you know, jumping out of bed, if you like. Uh, yeah, much nicer. And, and also to say that, you know, this particular week as well, all of the planets are in a bundle in the sky. So they're, they're very... Um, focused, very concentrated. And the only planet that's sort of um, out on its own is Mars, Mars and Gemini. So 
that, and of course, that rules this stellium and Aries, where there's, well, you know, four planets, the Sun, Mercury, Chiron, and Jupiter. So it's quite strong. Do something new that day. Do something spontaneous. Because, yeah, it's, it's high energy. It's really high energy. It's cool. And all the planets are direct as well, of course. And then on the 21st, well, um, that's uh, depending on what continent you're on, of course. But um, looking at universal time, so Greenwich Mean Time, we have the new moon uh, in Aries. So the new moon, of course, that adds uh, to all of what had gone on before. So now you have the moon, the sun, Mercury, Chiron, and Jupiter in the Aries. So again, really high energy. So run, it's a great day to go for a run. Again, that Mars is out on its own. And also that, that sun, moon, um, new moon actually makes a sextile to Pluto, which is just two minutes away from moving into Aquarius. So it's a nice alignment with the sun, moon, that new moon, um, introducing Pluto into Aquarius. So that particular day, it's a good time to put things into fruition that you just couldn't get started. It's a really good time for, you know, often what stops us doing things is actually getting started. And the, the, the 20th and 21st are fabulous days to do that. They are just bound with, you know, new energy, um, high energy, innovation. So, you know, I would um, highly suggest doing something you've never done before either. So also as well, you have the, the nodes conjunct to Venus as well. You know, make contact with someone you haven't seen for a while. Or, you know, if you do find uh, someone that you haven't seen, or even a stranger, it's sort of like meeting someone sort of has a fatalistic quality about it or a soul-searching quality about it. It's, it's very pleasant. So um, that's quite nice as well. And then on the 22nd, you have um, the moon is separated from the sun, but it's still very, very high energy. But the difference here is moon, the day of the 22nd, the moon meets Jupiter. So things really ramp up, really ramp up. And so you're going from a run to high jumping. It really is a great time to put things in motion. I can't say that enough. It's, you know, anything you want to start, start then. So those three days, you know, the 20th, 21st, 22nd, high energy, you know, very um, high, high powered days, very physical. You may find you don't sleep very well. These are going to be days. It's going to be hot weather somewhere. It's going to be very hot. Aries is hot. Mars is out on its own. So, you know, the heat, you're, you're, you know, you'll feel hot. Even, you know, perhaps in colder temperatures, uh, it'll be a bit warmer than it normally is. Usually people can't sleep during this because the head is, you know, thinking about things, write them down. All of those planets in Aries is ruled by Mars and Gemini. And Gemini is journaling, diarying, putting it on the book. So do try and journal things, even if they don't make sense. They will do. They will do. So on the 23rd, we have the moon coming out, separating from its conjunction to Jupiter. So on the 24th, it moves into Taurus. And then we have a quite different energy. When it moves into Taurus, it'll make it sextile to Saturn and Pisces. So it'll be much lower energy. It will be squared to Pluto. So there'll be some 
hurdles to jump over. That's exactly what it will feel like. It's a good time to actually be a little bit more creative during this time. So this is from the 24th universal time for the next two and a half days. The moon's going to be in Taurus. And it's not alone there. It's there with Venus and Uranus. So it's a much slower time. Things are going to slow down. It's going to be more about, you know, whereas previously with an Aries, you may not have eaten as much or thought about food. Now men's in Taurus, food, wine, whatever, uh, you know, floats your boat. It's moon in Taurus is lovely. It's on its way to meet Venus. Um, it's a really nice time to, well, sleep is good. Food is good. It's also a great time, uh, you know, use your hands, time to garden. It's that time of year in the Northern Hemisphere to, uh, you know, get your hands in the garden, that sort of thing. It's a very uh, sort of healing time in that respect, but making things as well. For the 25th, we have, we have the moon come to join Uranus, which is a, brings a little bit of an electric um, vibe to it. Even though it's still in Taurus and it's still quite slow, it has it sort of, it's sort of underlined by uh, a little bit of crazy. So being inventive, doing something, you know, all those things I just, you know, being cooking or, uh, you know, being creative, do something a bit more inventive, a little bit more out of the box. Uh, yeah, it's it, with all those planets in Taurus, the markets will be a little bit crazy as well. Still again, Mars is out on its own. So you've still got that. Um, it's if Mars and Gemini is like a buzz. It's a constant buzz. So even though you've got these planets in Taurus and you've got still got the Sun, Mercury, Chiron, Jupiter and Aries, there's sort of like a real hum on the 25th. You've got Moon, Uranus and you've got Mars and Gemini and you've got still that stellium in Aries. So you've still got quite contradictory energies happening one is quite crazy and the other is soft so so you've got these contradictory energies you've got this sort of really strong Aries you know very rah rah and the strong Mars and Gemini but all the Venus Uranus moon in Taurus is very yin it's it's also very sensuous you know it's a, it's a great time to pamper oneself that's what Taurus is really, you know, it's really good to do that. Well, you know, when I say pamper, it's also just making yourself feel very comfortable. It's important that you're really comfortable in this sort of uh, space on this particular day. Because the, the moon and Uranus can be quite unsettling, as can Mars and Gemini. It's important to say, too, that Mars is at the last degree of Gemini. So that hum is getting quite loud. There's, there's something that's, you know, eccentric with that moon, Uranus, Mars, and Gemini. Something quite eccentric about that. They're um, also in a 45-degree angle, actually, the moon, Uranus, 45 to Mars. You know, it's it's a bit of a heavy metal. I could, that's what I, you know, it's sort of a, something about that. It's a bit head-banging, but in a, in a nice way, in a great way. Um, and so it's sort of going with the flow, but just making sure you feel comfortable. Um, and that's, yeah, that's pretty much the 25th. And then on the 26th, the moon is nearing the end of um, Taurus. It's coming out of Taurus, making its way into Gemini. 
Now, what is really interesting about that 26 is that Mars has now entered Cancer. So it's come out of that last degree of Gemini and it's now entered Cancer. So all those planets in Aries, Sun, Mercury, Chiron, Jupiter, all ruled by Mars and Cancer. So it then just sort of like puts the brakes on a bit, sort of, you know, and it's trying Saturn. So the Mars is trying to Saturn. And so it puts, it puts the brakes on gently. It's, it's a very gentle braking. So it's a time, it's quite a reflexive time, actually, with the moon coming out of Taurus, Venus, Uranus, and Taurus. So even though you've got all those planets in Aries, which sort of seems very rah, 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 um, the Mars in Cancer is much softer. Again, much more yin. It's a time to reflect, a time to contemplate. And the, with the moon nearing Taurus as well and Mars in Cancer, it, there's a time to perhaps retreat because it's trying to Saturn and Pisces. So it's going to be a feeling like you just want to um, be alone or, you know, you could be alone with not necessarily just yourself, but with others. But, you know, it's a bit of an escape, I guess, if you like. Um, a retreat. So, you know, it's a great time for rituals. It's a great time to meditate, to do Tai Chi. I mean, Mars trying Saturn and Pisces is such a Tai Chi or a yoga sort of signature on there. Um, it's, uh, it's a gentle pause, if you like. So, again, that's quite contradictory to all those planets and Aries. Uh, but it'll really soften it. It will, you know, it will soften it. And it's, it's a very strategic time. It's like if you think of Aries and you're about to, you know, shoot an arrow into a target, this is the time to actually think, how am I going to do this? What am I going to do? How, what is the best way? You know, that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, so it's a, it's a nice contemplative time and it's a nice energy to have with Pluto just gone into Aquarius and with all that Aries as well. So what dynamic week yeah it's very dynamic wow. it is yeah but there's a lot of nice things going on i mean it is sort of rah 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 in the middle of it but there's some you know with mars going into cancer i mean it feels like it's been in gemini forever um yes. you know since i what was it september october so yes. so it's been there a long time so it's we're quite going to welcome that Mars in Cancer. Some astrologers may say it's in, in its fall, but actually it can be, you know, very contemplative there, very reflective, and it's also it's very internal. So one can do some good deep inner work, particularly trying to Saturn and Pisces. Good time to do personal work, I think. Yeah. So, Wendy, I yeah. may miss this, but we, we started talking about Pluto moving into Aquarius this week, but I didn't catch what day that's actually happening. Oh, okay. It's the 23rd. Um, 23rd. Moves in, moves in on the 23rd. Do you view this as the official, like, move into the age of Aquarius, or are you not? Uh, no. No, I don't see it as the official, no, because the, the age of Aquarius is is um, based on the precession of the equinoxes, mm -hmm. which is a 25,000-year 25, cycle. So it's all very up for debate when that move to Aquarius is. It's when we yeah. come back it's from Pisces to Aquarius. Um, there's a lot of different debate on that. Yes. Um, we, but a lot of people think it's the age of Aquarius because we've got so much. We we are actually on the brink. We you know we're well we're 
smack bang in the middle of this incredible change to all these things Aquarian, but it's quite different than the Aquarian age. Regardless, we are walking into a period of time where Aquarian themes are going to be front and center. Yeah. Yeah. And whether or not this is the official moment that, I mean, do you think we're alive for the shift into the age of Aquarius or do you think that it's coming way later or that it already started? I'm, I don't think we're in it yet, but we are in that Aquarian, we're in a very Aquarian era. There's still more to come. And we've got quite a few ingresses. So it goes into Aquarius, goes back and forth and back and forth again until November next year. But it's the first ingress I would uh, think is, yeah. It's a most powerful. Well, yeah, you're going to hear on, on that day, the 23rd of March, you're going to hear the word freedom more than you've ever heard ever before. And you're like, you know, freedom, equality, you know, all those things, Aquarian. Does, and, does equality for Aquarian energy mean the same or does it yeah. just be equal, like equal value? Or or is it, is it sort of getting rid of the Leo kind of individuality and and like unique expression? Or is it is it talking about something different when it's talking about equality? When, it, when Aquarius thinks of equality, when we talk about equality as an Aquarius, um, it's it's about everyone has equal access, everyone mm. has an equal voice, everyone has equal skills, treated the same, anti-discrimination, anti-prejudice. It's quite interesting. My uncle once wrote for Greenpeace, and he said that it, until we get threatened by aliens, will human beings not be able to join hands and see themselves as human beings? That's a very Aquarian thought process on many levels um the fact that it's a uh, the space it's aliens and you know it, it threatened or not threatened but even just the the thought of it or the you know whether it's propaganda or not you know the thought of that actually makes people realize that we're all human and that is a very aquarian thing and we've never really done that as human beings we've never we've done it in pockets um, but actually, as a global society, mm. it's 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 never been done, I guess. Wendy, if there are people that are wanting to know how Pluto and Aquarius might affect them personally, yes. and they're thinking about getting a reading, maybe maybe through our Astrologer Connect platform, what would be a great question to bring an astrologer about Pluto and Aquarius? Three things I'd look at. Where, which house? Pluto is moving through their chart, which house that's in, what is it affecting, and of course, what aspects it's making. If anyone has anything at zero degrees of fixed, so Leo, Scorpio, or Taurus, Pluto is going to square or oppose that. And and it's they're going to know that's happening. You know, they're going to feel it. And they would have been feeling it for quite a while. But also, you know, you're it's Pluto and Aquarius, the rulers of that is is Saturn and Uranus. And Saturn is in Pisces. And Uranus is in Taurus. So I would also be looking at what they're doing in the natal chart too, how they're picking up the chart, how they're picking up the um, those planets. And if that, you know, because sometimes they won't, you know, you'll have plenty of people that won't be triggered by, uh, they'll of course be influenced socially, but not mm. triggered personally. Mm. Uh, 
And so where those planets are in their chart is important, both natally and by transit. Okay. And in terms of the overarching theme for the week, if we had to choose one word or one phrase, what would you say it is? I would say it is the absolute beginning of so many things. Mm. It is a new start, reset. It's the, the reset button has been pushed this week. Mm. Wow. Okay. Well, I mean, I think for a lot of people, that's probably really good news. And I think for some people, it might be a little unsettling, but either way, it's happening. So now we know once we have the information that we can make choices on how we want to work with it, right? That's the whole reason why we do the weekly weather. It's like, here, here's the weather forecast. Here's the astrological currents we'll be riding. Now you're aware. You can make choices. You can decide how you want to engage with these cosmic tides, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And there's always a positive outcome. It's there's right. always positive ways to work with that. Yeah, absolutely. And you you see that, right, Wendy? I mean, not everybody agrees with that statement, but uh, I actually see it the same way too. Is that yeah. that, that there is always a positive uh, possibility. There's always, and it also depends on how we define positive. I mean, sometimes positive isn't comfortable, right? Sure, and and it's but it's it's instead of. Instead of um, resisting that, you know, what's going on, there's yeah. something always great about embracing it and being in that and, and realizing whether it starts. And sometimes I think things can start off uncomfortable, but the more you sit with it, the more familiar you become with it too. And the more, you know, you, you can end up embracing it, in fact. Yeah. And, you know, and there's ways to work with it. There's really, you know, um, and everyone's different. So all the different energies not always compatible with everyone. But even still, I think people can use it and work with it, do something they haven't done before. It's it's walking in other people's shoes, things like that. Yeah. Okay. Wendy, so just a quick recap. We have Pluto moving into Aquarius. Again, a huge, huge shift. It's a historical moment for us. It is triggering the the, the same point that happened in December of 2020 which was the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction. So some of the themes and things that were coming up are, are also brought into this time. It, it, they're not isolated events, right? You said that you we're entering the Star Trek era, all yep. things space and sky. This is probably good for astrology, huh? Yeah, fabulous for astrology. Yes, okay. Flying tech, space, our place in the universe, sky-focused weather, birds, aerodynamic stuff. So sky things. You also said it's about the brain, developing, understanding what we know, how we keep up. Education will be shifting. Our education, the way we eat, our our social structures have been built around a very earthly environment where we're like creating things in a factory, like industrial revolution and things like that. As this shifts, so does the way we work, so does the way we educate, so does the way we do life. So this is going to be interesting, like you said. We also have the equinox at uh, zero degrees Aries. You said this is a time where, where people are going to start to feel renewed. Um, that there's this is a time to do something new and spontaneous, very high energy. I heard you say that a lot for the beginning of the week. Very high energy, good time to start things, uh, good things to try, good time to try things you haven't done before. And get in contact with people you haven't 
been in contact with for a while. So it's like a lot of fresh start, new beginning, high energy, lots of initiation. Be brave. Um, yeah. Be brave. I love that. Okay. Then we have the the last part of the week, which which shifts a little bit. It's a little bit lower energy. There may be some hurdles to jump over, but this is a great opportunity to get creative, focus on things like sleeping, cooking, um, gardening. So definitely a, a, like a grounding kind of energy comes in. And then again, towards the end of the week, we have, so we have high energy for the most of the, of the beginning part of the week. And then we have sort of a grounding, slower energy. And then we end the week with an electric vibe with um, a great time to do things that are out of the box. The markets may be a little volatile and crazy. The hum that that Mercury and Gemini hum is loud because we're at the very last degrees of Gemini now. And uh, and then the final day is a great day to retreat, escape, do rituals, take a pause. This has been a huge week. So this will be a great day to really just like integrate and digest it and process it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It is going to be a week of digestion. Yes, definitely. Definitely. And we're yeah. going to more opportunities to hang out together and explore not only Pluto and Aquarius, which will be really fun to hear lots of different astrologers' perspectives on this Pluto and Aquarius, both the opportunities and some of the things to look out for. Like you said, Wendy, like we got to maybe work a little bit harder to bring the heart into things and we need to play. I mean, it's one of the things I've been thinking about with AI and with the the way things are getting so technologically focused. I feel that people will appreciate even more when you bring your heart into something, when you infuse your unique personality into something, because it's going to become increasingly rare to see those things happen, right? So you said a heart, you said play. Um, but we're, again, we're going to have an opportunity here from lots of different astrologers about this Pluto Aquarius, but also Saturn and Pisces. Also some of the transits that are coming in the next few years, big ones like Uranus moving into Gemini and yeah. some big, big global ones we're, we're all going to be doing together. And then, like I said in the beginning, we'll, we will be covering personal, big, game-changing, life-changing transits, where having the awareness of them before they happen, while you're in them, even the retrospective understanding can be so helpful because then you're actually getting to work really tangibly with the energies and do what you can to bring about the best outcomes, especially for some of these ones that are known and like notorious for being really, really challenging. So- We'll be doing that yeah. this week and it's going to be really fun. And you're going to be with Wendy again. Um, so looking forward to that. Again, that's astrologyhub.com slash game changing. Wendy, thank you. I love thank having you. Weather. It's so much thank fun. Thank you. It's so much fun. Thank you for having me. Thank yes. you. And it's so much fun to share this every single week with all of you. So thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of our community. Thank you as always for making astrology a part of your life. We'll catch you on the next episode. Take care. Every now and then, there's a planetary alignment that changes everything. We call these game changers because they're fateful moments when one phase of life ends and another one begins. I know for me, my Saturn return was definitely one of those moments 
And we all rode the life-changing transits of 2020 and 2021 together. At Astrology Hub, we've found that the more you can anticipate, interpret correctly, and prepare for these moments, the more you can turn something that feels like it's happening to you into something that's happening for you. And we have some big game-changing transits that we will be experiencing this year. To learn about these big collective transits and the personal life-changing transits that we all go through, we're gathering our 12 upcoming Inner Circle Astrologer Guides for a free live panel event. You'll hear from Sam Reynolds, Georgia Stathis, Gemini Brett, R.A. Moshe, and more. Day one, we'll go deep into collective transits like Saturn's move into Pisces and Pluto's move into Aquarius and how these could impact the world. Day two, we'll explore life-changing personal transits like the infamous Saturn return, Uranus oppositions, AKA the midlife crisis, and more. If you're interested in joining us, go to astrologyhub.com slash change and reserve your free spot now. That's astrologyhub.com slash change. We can't wait to see you soon.